The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you longing for a place where hope, ideas, and new ways of thinking can arise? For nearly 50 years, Omega Institute's campus in Rhinebeck, New York, has been a gathering place where world-class teachers provide innovative educational experiences that cultivate extraordinary potential in us all. Join us either on campus or online. To learn more, visit eomega.org. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. being with us. Always a pleasure to be with Intentional Spirits. It's just really a wonderful journey being with you. And just to remind ourselves of the value of being intentional, of um, putting our two feet in front of us and not getting caught in the waiting room. Uh, So often people do that in life. They have the best of intentions. They have vision boards and goal setting and uh, different colored flare pens and different codes for their calendar. But at the end of the day, it's about being intentional and walking forward and moving forward in spite of, or in addition with, or no matter what is going on externally in your life. So that being said, um, I'd like to greet you with an open heart and a trained mind today. And one of the things that, you know, has been coming up in the timeliness uh, throughout our world um, this day and time is for uh, people to focus on healthy well-being, uh, to have a vibrancy, to know regardless of your age that you can still be youthful, you can be healthy, and have an immune system that um, does not, that builds itself to such a level that it has this unwavering energy about it. So that being said, um, my commitment to all of you who listen and to the comments you have made through the years was to do a three-part series. And we have today Dr. Debbie Roche, and her website is vibrantyouwellness.com. Dr. Debbie, thanks for being with us for three weeks in a row. We had you last week. Um, lots of good energy, lots of vibrancy, and uh, welcome back. Thank you so much, Reverend Temple. It is a, certainly an honor to be on your show. I am certainly um, uh, honored to be here and, and super excited to talk about uh, mind-body-spirit approaches to more joyful and empowered living. And, um, you know, last week I thought we covered some really, really good uh, tips and points. And... Um, 
uh, I would love to just review a little bit about it and then uh, move on to part two of our series. Absolutely. Um, Sounds wonderful. So thank you so much for inviting me back. The mind-body-spirit approach to not only health, but emotional and spiritual well-being. You know, there, there are certainly some pieces to that. And when it comes to the physical body, I'm a big believer that it's the everyday baby steps um, that we choose to, you know, commit to and, and move through in our everyday life that really can transform not only our physical body, but our mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies as well. And so last week we spoke a little bit about some foundational wellness um, points and, and actions that people could take. We talked a bit, we talked a little bit about inflammation and the importance of not consuming gluten and sugar and, you know, uh, certainly bad fats that, you know, potentially foods are, are, um, are fried in. And we also talked about um, the connection between our energetics to our cells and, um, and how, um, the cell is the first incarnation of the divine. And so it really is our thoughts in our energy fields and everything we put into our bodies and minds that really create um, healthy, happy, and strong cells. And so, um, you know, a lot of people reach for a lot of things for wellness, whether that be physical wellness or emotional wellness or mental wellness. And there are a lot of great, simple, low-cost tools that people can use. Uh, my book, The Joy Matrix, has a lot of those tools in it um, that is really written as a, a reference manual for wellness and healing, and um, and the tools are written very simply and easily to understand. Um, and so for part two of our series, we're going to be talking about the mind and the emotions um, and how the power of metaphysics can support both. And, um, and so... One of the things I've always wanted to ask you, Reverend Temple, was in your journey and all of the amazing things that you've done, but most importantly in stepping up into your life and embracing a, a healthier and, and happier and high vibration life, what have been some of your favorite uh, metaphysical and spiritual tools that have most impacted your mind and emotions and in changing your life? What were your favorite favorite areas? Well, I I think one of the the biggest things for me is that when I heard in New Thought, you are an original idea, and you are an original seed um, sent at that particular time of your incarnation to um, be a trailblazer. I really took that in every way that I really grabbed hold of that and I really believe that. And so I um, am very cautious in my life or discerning uh, in getting caught up in the, well, this is what people say. Uh, well, this is what the news says. Well, this is what the doctor says. And I have, since I was um, little, little, um, as a child, um, when the doctor would say, well, you're going to need this because your grandmother needed it and you're going to need it, I would go, well, let me check that. And, uh, you know, I alluded to that last week. But that part of 
it doesn't have to be true for me. And so I think one of the biggest assets that metaphysics has taught me is that I am not one of the averages, that I there's wisdom in watching around you. I mean, I wouldn't drive my car in the opposite direction and say, oh, it's not my time to go and be crazy. Well, actually, I did that when I drank a lot. And I would advise nobody to do that, really. But um, to me, it's the part also that in metaphysics, it's not like, oh, I'm on a spiritual journey. I'm on a spiritual journey. I'm on a spiritual journey. And not be aware of your physical body, your mental body, and your emotional body. All four of those work together. And so that's been a huge metaphysical archetype for me, is that uh, the gift that was given to me, and that's what I tell people, and that's what I teach people, don't use my archetype. Go to your own visioning quest, dream, state, and ask for what yours is. Mine was an Eiffel Tower. And what the Eiffel Tower represents to me is the Eiffel Tower has four legs, meaning it is grounded with four things, spirituality, your mental mind, your emotional mind, and your physical mind. And often people get all cuckoo about being a spiritual enlightened person. They meditate till the cows come home, but they don't take care of their body. Their emotions are off the charts because they've never forgiven their parents from 55 years ago. And so they keep manifesting the same similar things. And I'm gathering, is this what you wanted me to do? Because I'm on a roll. Do you want me to keep going? So anyway, for me, the Eiffel Tower represents having that pure signal with the divine. And and, uh, psychics come from all over the world to the Eiffel Tower because they believe the signal there is very, very strong. So for me, metaphorically, for me, it has meant that I, I, at any given moment, am checking in with those four things. Um, and that's why I love your work, because I won't go to any practitioner that's only gonna talk about my body, or only gonna talk about my mind, or only gonna talk about one aspect, because there's no one size fits all. And so you want to commit your life to working with all four of those, consciously and unconsciously, you know, what those drivers are. So that's been big. And the other thing is that I have always taken the fifth step of unity in a literal sense where it says, okay, you have these principles and this is your, you know, your guiding uh, uh, way of belief system and your faith and you're always upgrading and, and growing up in that. But the thing of it is, is the fifth step says go out and live it. And to me, go out and live it is not woes and woos and poor little me and, you know, I'm, I died before I ever died and I'm old. And I mean, some of the conversations that I hear going on in our movement, I'm like, oh, my word, you know, just stay home already because it's about ageless spirit. You know, if we believe God is infinite then how do we buy into these old worn out ideas of being old, of being tired, of retiring, of just dying before we ever die? And that drives me to more passion than I can ever explain to you because in my mind, I envision the afterlife conversation saying, how did you do it? You're so young. And I would say, well, here's how. (laughs) And that's how I live. That's 
that's kind of, I went kind of quick, but uh, I want to honor your time. But those are some components in which I live. I am, my teacher always said, you know, average is the best of the worst and the worst of the best. And I've never been interested in fitting into that. I think that we are here to show a different trailblazing way of aging, of energy, and of miracles. And that's, and I grow into that every day. So if anybody's hearing me and thinks that I'm saying I've got it figured out, I'm just saying I'm willing and I learn every day because I'm determined to not just buy into what everybody else says and to buy into the world of pharmaceuticals and drugs. And that's not how I want to roll. So there you go. Thank you for asking. I've always been inspired by your commitment, not just, you know, to your physical body, which I, I've observed very closely this year. And, um, you know, I have been inspired personally and in my work to watch how you apply your commitment to living a vibrant health of service or a life of service through your commitment to your, your you know, your physical body and all of the wellness, wellness actions. So I do want to, you know, commend you and applaud you for your journey in that. Um, <clears throat> I loved your metaphor of the Eiffel Tower. And I'm, I'm a really big believer that vitality is a mindset and that every single day we show up to do our part and to embrace whatever self-care action or healthy step is in front of us. And sometimes that can be choices around our physical body. Maybe it's hydrating or choosing healthy foods or movement or, you know, yoga or whatever it might be in terms of physical health. But the foundation of my work and what, where I feel I'm a little bit different than a lot of healing practitioners in my field is that I believe that our emotions and our emotional health and our emotional choices really set the stage for our ability to choose healthy and optimal actions every day. And so when I wrote The Joy Matrix, one of the things I really, really wanted as the foundation of that book was emotional healing because I felt that our, um, our society as a whole did a, very, a terrible job in teaching people emotional tools to heal. And so um, one of the reasons I was excited that we were going to be discussing emotional healing and mental healing today is because I, I feel that there aren't a lot of really good resources out there to teach people how to embrace a higher vitality in those two areas. And, you know, I, I've, I've sat in the, in the pews many, or in, in you know, in, in, at First Unity many, many a day and many years, and I've heard you um, speak about the importance of setting the intention for your life and really believing wholeheartedly in the possibility not only of healing, but in embracing in life whatever it is that we're most wanting. And, um, you know, for what I see every day in terms of when, I, when I'm seeing patients or clients is that it really is that belief, that emotional belief, not only in themselves to step up into healing, but also in the belief of healing that it can get better. And, you know, that's, you know, um, your teachings and um, what you represent in terms of, you know, the unity movement and metaphysics, 
you know, I certainly have used in my own life during my worst moments to really, you know, capture that belief in healing, but most importantly, the hope of possibility of what life and, and, you know, service really could be about. And so I personally want to thank you for all, all, of, all of what you represented to me in my life. Um, and so... <clears throat> and thank you, that, and um, for our listeners, I didn't pay her to say that. <laughs> oh, not at all, not at all. I'm, I'm, um, I will forever be grateful to Temple for all of what she has taught me over the years and, and how much of, of her example and, um, and her teachings are in, in, in my own work and in my book and in, in what I do every day and how I live my life. They really have been uh, life-transforming, and I, I will always be grateful. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk today is about emotion being a vibration. And when I, you know, I, I, I grew up in this um, world of science and cells, and I, I love science, I love research, and I love certainly the human body. And the human body to me is the divine. So when I look at the human body and I'm interacting with the human body, it fills my soul with such joy because I can feel God and divinity and, and universal consciousness that close to me. And so when I was most struggling, and I, I struggled with such severe depression for so long, I mean crippling depression, one of the things, you know, and I spent 10 years trying to find answers in, in the science. And even though there's great validity in the science, nothing was quite helping me until I was listening to the works of Abraham Hicks. And they talked about the, uh, the, the scale of a harmonics around emotion, the vibrational stages of emotional healing and evolution. And um, once I understood that, what, what it, I remember the day specifically, I it was, it was, it was 3 a.m. I was in front of my books trying to find answers to my own healing. And I was listening to Abraham Hicks, and they started talking about how emotion can, is an energy that can be shifted. And the more I started to think about that, the more I realized that I could, every single thought that I thought, every action that I took, every movement I made, whether that be you know, physical fitness or in, in other directions, would either increase my vibrational frequency or de decrease my vibrational frequency. And I even made like a little like arrow on uh, I, that I, I, I um, tacked to the wall that would either be up or down. And everything that I did, I would, either, I would rate myself as, is it increasing my vibrational vitality and frequency or is, is this decreasing it? And from that moment, like every single decision that I made was based on that concept. That eventually became the joy matrix in the book. And so... All the tools that I use, that's, once I made that mental shift, that was where, that was the most important mental shift that I, I made in terms of helping to lead myself out of the, the debilitating depression that I was in. And, um, you know, and the more that I started to understand emotion um, as a, an energy that could be shifted, that allowed the power to come back to myself. Because I had gone to so many different practitioners, healing practitioners, um, both Western medicine and, and all the different realms, and even though maybe it helped a tiny bit, it didn't get it get, didn't get me to a functional place, and um, and that's when I started to you know reach for twelve step recovery. And um, ironically, my first twelve step meeting 
was on the second floor of First Unity. And that's how I actually found First Unity was going to a 12-step meeting. And, mm. um, you know, I, and it was there that I, I was exposed not only, it was, it was the first, you know, place where I, I heard the message of, of hope. And then I was led to First Unity. I saw the little pictures on the wall. It was in the kids' room at the time. And, um, and then I was seeing all these additional messages of hope that Unity and First Unity really represent. And I, and I thought, well, I, I belong here. I belong on the, on the, at this church and among these people, and I'm going to find out why I'm led to go. So I started sitting in the, um, in the chairs in, in, in front of you. You had just gotten there, I believe, at the time. And then once again, it was that message of hope, because I feel that we, we aren't really given a lot of hope um, when it comes to emotional and mental healing. And, um, you know, I am, I am so grateful. I will forever be grateful for all of the people in, in the 12-step communities that I've gone to and, um, you know, all the people that have walked through First Unity and, and speaking of hope and evolution and change and the ability to do so, because when... When I was in that state of such darkness and such non-hope, um, you know, the examples of people that had gone before me that had, that had, that had chosen different um, choices in their lives and believed that it was possible, that, that, that message of hope um, certainly saved my life in many ways and gave me a life to live. And, um, and so, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that there is a tremendous connection between the physical body and the mind and emotions and also brain wellness. And so what I found was, you know, there were many, many days in my life and many moments in my life where I had no idea how to shift anything. But the one thing that I could do, I could, you know, hydrate or I could go for a walk or I could listen to um, Louise Hay's affirmations or the, the recordings of Abraham Hicks. So when it comes to the connection between the physical body, um, what people don't realize, or oftentimes, um, it's not really well published out there. You know, I had to really dig for some of the scientific research around the brain, was that our brain signaling actually greatly impacts our emotional um, and mental um, uh, ability and our vitality. And there's some wonderful work by the uh, the doctor, uh, Dr. Robert Molelo, who's a chiropractic neurologist. And he, he did a lot of work with kids. And what he found was that so these kids would be diagnosed with all these diagno different types of diagnoses, whether it be autism or schizophrenia or bipolar or whatever it might be. And those kids would come to him and he would figure out that they had um, an altered brain signaling pattern that could be impacted by chiropractic or um, certain foods or movements and things like that, he would align the signaling and balance it out again. And these kids would then no longer have the diagnosis and be able to function and learn and, and do what kids do. And so, you know, when I, when I read that, I, would, I had just began, I had just begun um, chiropractic school and um, because of my own trauma, I had, uh, I have a, a severe difference in learning. And so, I was having trouble keeping up with my classmates, and I knew that I had to reach for different uh, other tools because there was no way I was going to get through my classes because my, my learning style, I learn much slower than most people. And so um, once I realized that 
there were all these different tools, uh, all these different ways that I could um, increase the signaling in the frontal part of my brain specifically. What I noticed was that I was, I started to emotionally feel so much better. And also my intuitive ability kicked up many, many notches. And so the more that I, I started working on um, some brain wellness type and physical wellness type things, I greatly noticed an impact on my emotions and on my ability to learn and also my intuitive ability. Um, and so uh, a lot of people don't realize is that when we're most stuck in our stuff, whether it be um, emotionally or mentally, I know that certain trauma in our childhoods um, and certain neglect and um, certain types of abuse can create kind of cyclic, cyclic thought patterns that are um, very um, uh, damaging. They're, they can be very, uh, they can be critiquing or negative. And I noticed that in my own past and my own healing and also the people that I've worked with is that there are certain faulty messages that our trauma kind of lays down in our conscious mind and that when we are most weak or tired, it'll kind of show up and, and beat us up a little bit. And so part of, um, you know, the emotional healing process that I teach people and that I've also gone through is not only recognizing what those faulty patterns are, but also figuring out ways to um, block the messages or create a kind of a positive um, kind of brain imprint of the opposite message. And so I have found that with the, if I increase my self-care and I'm like really on it and doing all my self-care, physical, emotional, spiritual, then those voices from the past and from the old trauma stuff will be much, much less or almost non-existent. But the less self-care that I'm doing over time, that's when those voices can get a little louder. And so, um, you know, certainly there are some journaling um, tools that can be used to identify what those messages are. And, and I have found that by writing down what they are and then creating a, an opposite uh, message or statement, that's very helpful. Because then when we see that old kind of message come in, it can um, be... Uh, offset by the, the positive, um, the opposite, what the, what the truth is rather than what our brains are telling us. There's um, a, a couple of brain wellness things I'd like to mention just because of, of, of what I have um, seen for myself and a lot of people that, Absol that struggle. In Absolutely. I, um, I really want you to do that. I just don't want us to start launching into that and <clears throat> until we come oh, yeah. back from from our, our break. I want to thank everybody okay. for tuning in and for being with us on the intentional spirit. You can go to uh, the website. It's called, um, my page just blocked out, uh, Dr. Debbie. Oh, there we are. VibrantUWellness.com. And you can go and explore all the information that you're receiving today and what we're giving you. Trust me, this is a gift being on a uh, a, a, a physical wellness uh, journey um, so many years of my life uh, post sobriety uh, you're getting a wealth of information so tune back in with us right after this short break it's wonderful to have you with us today
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. us appreciate you so much you can go to the website we're talking to dr debbie rose today i really wanted to share with all of you um some of the wisdom and a wealth of information of all her studies and years and i have personally benefited from it in ways um more than i can say and that being said i wanted to share it with you as um a lot of our experts uh many of them are tried and true uh, uh tried and true and and of tremendous value. And so, um, I mean, to me, if we're really going to excel uh, and represent the teachings of new thought, um, we need to make a mighty noise and not just fit in that average template. And you can go to Dr. Debbie's website, vibrantuwellness.com. That's vibrantuwellness.com. And also, um, you can join me at templehaze.com if you want to and me to invite certain guests or um, ask certain questions, uh, always welcome and glad to have you. So Dr. Debbie, you were going to talk about a couple of teachings related to, uh, the brain. So, uh, just take us on a, a journey. It's so great to hear the wisdom that you're imparting to us today. Oh, thank you so much. Brain wellness is one of those, um, areas that I so love because I believe that if we um, understand just even a little bit of how the brain is working, it can so greatly impact our emotional healing journey and our emotional vitality. And so I'm so passionate about it because I know firsthand and also in, in what I've seen in a lot of people that I work with is that when, if we don't understand these few concepts, it can so greatly limit our life and our ability to serve the universe. And so I just wanted to mention just some of the, just the fundamental things around the brain that I've learned al- along my own walk and what I have found to be the most influential and have the most impact um, on our emotional vitality overall. And so um, the first thing I'm going to mention, and it's a little bit boring overall in terms of just water, so much of our uh, of, uh, of the people I see are severely severely dehydrated, and some people have um, brains that are very very sensitive to dehydration. Even in the in the research, it has been found that even one to one and a half percent dehydration can greatly impact emotional vitality, um, brain fog, and cognitive ability. And so the first thing I'm always recommending is drink, drink, drink. Um, My foundational recommendation around that is half of my body weight or half of your body weight in ounces plus 10. And so that's the first thing I recommend. The next thing I recommend also is drinking lemon in the morning with some water, meaning like a juicing, either half of a big lemon or or a medium, small to medium lemon. Water in the morning, drinking it down. It actually really greatly helps our liver. And so the connection between our liver and our brain is that if our liver is not detoxing well or functioning well, it creates inflammation. And so there's been, um, in the last uh, couple years, there's been a great movement around brain inflammation for very, very good reasons. Um, 
when it comes to certain neurotransmitters, specifically the ones that impact the symptom of depression and the symptom of anxiety, I say the word symptom because in the functional medicine world, those two mental emotional states um, are a symptom of core imbalances that are in the body. The brain and, and my approach to the brain and the functional medicine kind of approach to the brain the brain is one of those things that's kind of on the outer layer of things, meaning that when there are certain physiological imbalances like blood sugar, uh, intestinal permeability, which is also known as leaky gut, a sluggish liver where your body's not detoxing correctly, or potentially adrenal HPA axis imbalances, what happens is that those imbalances create a lot of inflammation. And that inflammation then crosses over the blood-brain barrier and activates immune cells in the brain that impact, and they're called micro, microglia cells, that then damage our neurons. But the inflammation that gets in our brains, what happens is that if our body has too much inflammation, it will not make enough serotonin. And this is a really big deal because... Um, you know, as a culture, we're not really educated on inflammatory processes in the body, which truly are the foundation of, of all disease, all dysfunction, and, and all aging is the inflammatory processes. There are many, many different kinds. They come from many, many different areas. And so what happens is that when uh, we have a, um, a high amount of inflammation, our, our bodies and our brains are not making enough serotonin and they're imbalancing certain neurotransmitters, which then greatly, greatly impact our ability to even really function in the world. There are people that have um, very sensitive genetics um, it, for their brain and neurology. And so what happens is that when they have certain imbalances, whether it be, like, like I said, all the different ones that I just mentioned, that <clears throat> when their bodies are creating inflammation, it's hitting their brains much harder than somebody else that doesn't have those weaker genetics. And so I'm certainly one of those people. And also this, um, this, this topic of brain signaling is a really big one, not only for uh, things like depression, because if, if people are struggling with the symptom of depression, then what's happening is that their frontal lobe is not functioning well enough. And so I just wanted to um, talk about just a few things that can, some action and tools, um, wellness tools that can be used if that's happening. And so the frontal lobe of the brain, especially if there's inflammation going on, then the, the signaling to that frontal area of the brain isn't fun, it is not firing. And so the number one thing is decreasing inflammation. What does that mean? It means staying off the junk, not eating overly processed foods, um, staying off of gluten. Gluten is the number one worst food for the brain. Staying off of sugar and also bad um, oils that, that like uh, French fry oils and pastry and chip oils. Um, and then and, and, some, and oftentimes dairy. A lot of people don't realize that, um, they, that their bodies have um, a sensitivity to the casein, which is a milk, uh, it's a milk protein. And so <clears throat> on my own journey also um, – hydrating. I do a lot of juicing because it's anti-inflammatory and there's a lot of great electrolytes in juice, specifically um, celery and cucumber and lemon. And I often do a little bit of apple. 
And so when it comes to increasing the signaling of the frontal area of the brain, um, uh, you can. there are some simple things that people can do. Uh, number one, walking. Walking, any bilateral movement, especially if people kind of exaggerate their walk and their movements, so their tendon stretch on the front part of their shoulders and hips, um, that, can, that can help balance out the brain and stimulate the brain. Um, also, I have found essential oil. If I, uh, I like doTERRA, the more higher end. I love doTERRA or Young Living. Um, I use more doTERRA. Um, but that can um, signal the frontal area of the brain, too. Also, EFT tapping can be really, really helpful. You can find EFT tapping um, images on Google or in my book. I have it in the Emotional Matrix chapter. Um, and what also, like, humming can be really helpful. Uh, taking really hot baths with essential oil can be helpful. Um, and so when it comes to this, um, this, this concept of brain signaling, people that struggle with PTSD, and I don't like labels, but um, I'll, I'll say it in a different way because I don't, I'm not, I don't believe in diagnoses. I don't treat them um, legally. I'm not even allowed to treat a diagnosis in some ways. Um, and I don't really like the whole Western medicine system of taking a bunch of symptoms and, and putting a name to them. I don't believe it's efficient. And in my role of functional medicine, I just figure out where the symptoms are coming from and then help to align the symptoms. And then technically there is no diagnosis anymore, but uh, I don't believe in that system and I do not treat diagnoses. And so when it comes to um, people that struggle with, with um trauma triggers. And I'm certainly one of those people. I went through a sexual trauma as a kid and, and a lot of um, neglect. Uh, my mother was schizophrenic. And so I um, uh, went through a lot of panic and fear as a child. So I, I spent a lifetime learning wellness tools to manage certain types of triggers. And so when it comes to the brain signaling thing and triggers, if what happens in a trigger is that the area of the brain called the amygdala overfires. Well, that amygdala area is connected to the frontal area of the brain. And so what if people um, uh, are struggling with these types of triggers, whether that be just in everyday life, whether it be like small triggers or subtle triggers, or it could be during intimacy with a partner, or it could be in, you know, just relationship dynamics where old stuff's coming up. There are ways if, people can signal the frontal area of their brain, what happens is it down signals the amygdala. That's one easy approach to that. What are ways you can even deep breathing helps sometimes. You can shift your eyes back and forth. EFT tapping can signal the frontal lobe. Um, like I said, essential oils are the fastest ways to signal the frontal area of the, the, the brain. And so uh, also uh, doing balancing exercises helps regulate uh, the signaling in all of the brain, which also impacts the front part. So there's ways of when people kind of get overwhelmed with emotion, there's actionable tools and steps that people can use to help get their brains back, and then they can function normally. Uh, I do want to say something also about the, um, the over-triggered state. So I have to be actively on this because my brain will go right into fear. Because of my, my past trauma and just because of, of some of the difficult stuff I walk through, I'm kind of conditioned for fear. So I have to actively work with my brain and my imagery, like the mental imagery part and, and also connecting to my, my spirit guides and my angels and, and using a lot of the um, tools that you teach, on, uh, teach at First Unity. Um, but that 
one one of the things that um, I found in the research when I was writing my book was that there's a, a a sensor on the amygdala that can sense acid alkaline balance. I want to say it's ALC. And so that sensor, if if my brain, if my body is in a more acidic state, what happens is that I notice is that my brain will go into a much more fear-based state. And also it will trigger more than if I'm in a more alkaline state. And so one of the things that I teach my patients and people I work with is that you can actually um, use pH paper both um, in, or in the morning for urine and saliva, and you can see where your body's at. And the ideal goal is kind of to be between kind of 7 to 7.2 for both urine and saliva. And so I have found that if I'm not actively on my hydration or, or applying my alkaline eating principles, then my brain will be much more negative. I'll be much more in a fear-based thinking state. And I'll be much likely to be triggered by something very small and insignificant. And so I have found personally, and like I said, with, with, with many of the people that I work with, that when people make the decision, because, you know, I, I've, I've watched many of your sermons, Reverend Temple, and you, you teach so much about setting the intention and making the decision to take action or to, or to embrace that intention. And what I, what I see is that the people that set that intention of taking the small wellness actions consistently, those are the people that literally transform their health and transform their lives. And that, when I see that, it's such, it, it, it makes my heart so happy. Because, you know, when people start doing those actions and they start gaining momentum and then they keep going and going, it's, it, it always astounds me at um, not, how, not only how fast people can make progress in their emotional and mental health, but when they get really going, that's also when they're able to connect more to source and spirit. And I feel that's where, that's where the real change and the real uh, evolution and, and momentum kind of steps in. Um, <clears throat> I do want to mention 12-step recovery. And, um, you know, a lot of people believe or you know, just because they haven't been exposed to it, that 12-step recovery um, is only available for people that uh, um, have issues or that, that are drinking too much alcohol or maybe taking too, much, too many drugs or, you know, whatever it is. But there are 12-step meetings for almost every single area of life. That includes food and uh, toxic relationships. And even um, dysfunctional families, there's ACOA, which is children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families. Um, there's sex and love addiction for people that struggle with codependency. And there's CODA. And so there's really, you know, in terms of, of seeking help out there, these meetings are free. They have, you can find people to be your sponsor that are kind of like mentors in the emotional healing journey. Um, you know, and they have truly been life transforming for me. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm such a big believer in, in 12-step recovery. It's one of the best things I ever did. Um, the other, one of the best things I ever did was walk into First Unity. And, um, and so the, the, whole, the whole message around 12-step recovery is around emotional awareness, connecting to source, surrendering to the wisdom of the universe, and learning the foundational life tools that really impact every area of life and make it better. And, you know, when I, 
18 years ago when I first saw you speaking, Reverend Temple, you always, you know, were so visual and vocal about that process, and it helped me so much when I started to enter 12-step recovery, knowing that you had you had walked that path before me. I've always felt like it was important, you know, if we are not, if we don't share our stories, I mean, we live them and they can, uh, they can help a lot of people, not that we can help a lot of people, but the stories can give people hope. And, you know, I just felt like that, you know, for me, I had earned my story to tell. I had, you know, drank for 15 years from 14 to 29 I went to jail twice. I had about 18 car accidents, uh, not all of them severe, but most of them crazy. Um, and I, you know, I, I think, as I've said before, I, I think for a little while I had to overcome survivor's guilt um, because I, I, you know, like, how did I get to even live, you know, um, because I was such a mess. But after that, I just felt like it's always been important to to share the message and and to say to people, I'm glad that you know two or three people out there didn't give up on me because they I gave them every reason to do so, every reason to do so, and they didn't, you know. So um, yeah, I to me my sobriety date is a lot more important than my birthday. Uh, because it's when I felt like I was, I really woke up and was born, you know, so. Well, it, it, you know, it, it, your journey has certainly inspired me. And I, I remember it was during what I was, you know, 10 years ago, I, I showed up in your office and I was just so um, at one of my bottoms, it was just one of one of my bottoms. And you, you always told me that it would be the story it would just be a chapter in my life that, that you know, and that that one day I would I would look back and it wouldn't be um, a it would it wouldn't be me it would just be part of my story and you were right and I always I was so grateful for that kindness and, and that reminder. It's um, true. I mean, our you know it's it's like it's a lot of people say not just one particular orator, you know, you just change your narrative. Um, and when you decide to change your narrative, your your life changes. But, um, you know, we, we say that often that, you know, it is the power of our minds that every day you're, you walk into an empty canvas. And if you want to put what was on there yesterday, the day before, the day before, if you want to say, well, I'm going to be old at 40, you know, my dad was old at 35. Well, and so be it. But if you want to put something different on there and be willing you know, and I think this is why often people, you know, think of new thought people as being kind of cuckoo uh, because, it, yes, you you do have your mind. You have the power of the mind. You can declare. You can claim. But you also have to do a little work around it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't just sit around, mm-hmm. look at the mirror and say, I'll always be thin. I'll always be thin. I'll always be thin. And, and never make choices that lead you to maintaining, staying with that ideal of what that is um, and the reasons behind why that's important to you. I mean, so it's it's not just uh, la-la land, you know, it's the practical way of, of living one's life in those ways. And I think that sometimes there's a misunderstanding about that. Like you said, 
I entered these doors, I heard language, I heard words, I went to meetings, I got involved, I surrounded myself with people that feel like I do. Um, I am every year looking at who's in my boat and why. You know, why is that group of people in my boat? Why? And who do I need to add to that boat? And I hope people do the same to me and they go, why is she in my boat? You know what I mean? And that's what uh, mm -hmm. life is about. I was talking to a good friend of mine this morning and I said, you know, um, a couple of years ago, I said, I need people who laugh. I need people who mm -hmm. laugh more to be in my boat. And, um, you know, uh, an, a, a comedian, a, a, a well-known comedian showed up and then another person and they laugh all the time. And so I laugh all the time because I do. But you to remain that energetic, childlike um, person, um, it requires being willing to put the effort. And to me, that's why this show is so important um, is because it's, it's requesting, calling out, inviting, invoking people to be willing to, you know, put your feet in front of you and make the choices you need to make, you know. Um, you can put the navigation system on your car, but we're still not at a place that you don't have to drive it or pay attention to where you're going kind of thing. Uh -huh. I, <clears throat> I wanted to mention a little bit about trauma and, you know, what you just said, <clears throat> healing is, I don't want to use the word work, but there is some invested effort into that process. And I think, um, you know, Healing, especially when it comes to emotional healing, is all about standing still for our feelings and, and facing them and not allowing um, our feelings to dictate our, our lives or to force us to create distractions away from them. You know, I wanted to mention trauma. And, you know, I've certainly walked through many areas of my own trauma, and I know how it can impact the brain and the heart and the soul in many areas. And so one of the one of the foundational concepts of the book that I created and, and what I teach and what I represent is that, yes, some things in our past might not be ideal and they may have really hurt many areas of our minds, our consciousness, our hearts. But when we make a decision to heal and most importantly, stand still to feel the emotion to release it. And a lot of the tools in, in my book and and some of the things that I mentioned today, as we increase our vibrational frequency to a certain level, what happens is that our cells will start to release the stored up emotional energy that is inside of them. And, you know, I, I always try to warn people, people that sign up for my, metaphys my, my full metaphysical wellness program, I always try to warn them that as they commit to these um, wellness uh, principles consistently, what happens is that they are raising the vibrational frequency of their body and their mind and their and, and their emotions and heart. And at a certain point, what happens is the body starts to release, which means that they, they will walk through the energy frequency of the trauma again. And either people will stand still and face it to release it, or they'll shut it down and run away. And that's usually the two things that will happen. And so... <clears throat> You know, part of the emotional healing process is committing to standing still to feel. And, um, you know, 
whether it be grief or sadness or trauma or whatever it might be, you know, a lot of, um, you know, one of the things I loved about First Unity when I first got there was that so many people would just sit there crying. It was a safe space to feel. And I feel that when we allow ourselves um, to to feel and to, um, hello? I'm here. Are you hello? here? Keep okay, on. Great. great. Yes, I'm here. Yep, I'm right here. Uh, okay. what, uh, when, when we stand still, when we're able to face the pain of our past, and when we're able to, and, and during those healing phases of our life, to surround ourselves with people that understand the healing process and that can be gentle with our hearts and our pathway, I feel that, it, that that's so important. Um, you know, and trauma, I want to say a little bit more on trauma because a lot of people are not talking about how do you heal from trauma. There are brain-based ways of, of helping your body and your brain um, realign the neurological network so that emotion can be um, felt and released, but also that it is trauma is a neurologically-based imprint that can be reversed. I wanted to definitely verbalize that. And also, it is in the, the sitting still and the calling in our spirit guides and our, our spirit helpers and our uh, spiritual connection that gives us the strength to then go back to face the old emotion. Because I feel that there are some wounds, I, I, I don't even like the, the, the word wound because of the vibration of it, but there are some old energies that are so powerful and then in order to really feel them and to feel the grief and to release it, that I, I, I certainly have not felt strong enough by myself. And so it has been in my reaching for our, my spiritual connection and my spirit helpers and my helpers in the, in the next kind of realm then gave me the strength and, and the, the courage. And we are loving being with you, and we'll be back next week for more information. God bless you, Thank everyone, you. on this amazing journey we call life. Thank you, Temple. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on mindbodyspirit.fm, the podcast network, in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. Contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.